Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined this week by Tom Timmerman, Blues Beat reporter. And, Tom, we've had a little bit of hockey to talk about now. And all in all, a pretty good start. Uh, certainly compared to a year ago, the Blues get out playing three good teams, take five out of six points as they head into uh, their game against the uh, dreadful Ottawa Senators. <laughs> the mighty Ottawa Senators. as, uh, as they're... Yes, five out of six points and uh, doing it against – uh, good teams, not always elegant wins, mm-hmm. but uh, but they got the job done. Certainly, the second periods of some of those games has been a uh, issue. But they've uh, they've you know if it's how the whole season is going to go, it will be a uh, maddening season if they're going to play three two games uh, every night out and you know hanging on for dear life when the opposing team pulls a goalie in the final minutes. But uh, They've shown some good things and shown some things they'll need to work on. All right, start with the good things. Uh, people wondering whether Jordan Bennington would suddenly come back and go poof and be a fourth-string goaltender again. <laughs> That's not been the case. He's, he had to be very good, very good in Toronto in particular as a uh, just a, a bombardment from a very good uh, Leafs team. And, uh, and he held up. You know, he was called on to make some big saves in that game at crucial times to keep things alive, and, and he did that. And yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I had to admit, I brought some doubt into this season. You know, he played well and he played, you know, when you add in the playoffs and regular season, played a lot of games last year. But, you know, the history of hockey is just filled with guys who had great rookie years. And then what happened? And obviously it's only three games, but he seems to be saying, no, you know, this is, this is what the normal will be for, for Jordan Bennington. Now it is, but yeah, and if that is one of the keys to this season uh, for the Blues is is getting Jordan Bennington uh, to play the way he has. You know, so much of uh, what I marvel at with Jordan, we've we've talked about this uh, a lot on the net front presence is just the uh, you know the mental makeup, the concentration skills, the uh, his approach to uh, his ability to reset during a game and between games. You know, and when you win a cup and you celebrate a tremendous summer, now you can lose some of that focus. Mm-hmm. I suppose theoretically, and others have, mm-hmm. but clearly that's not been the case he's been able to turn the page on all that great stuff that happened and get right back into you know locking in and and getting the job done and and if if that's if that ability holds for Jordan Bennington along with some ability that he has some physical ability that's uh it bodes well it does I was on the chat yesterday someone was asking about where they get Jake Allen games in here and because you, you need to rest Bennington at times and normally you'd say well if he has a bad game you'd give him a game off to you know reset you don't need to do that with mm-hmm. Bennington because he has if he has a bad game he hasn't had a whole lot of bad games during his time but when he loses he comes back the next game and it's he's as good as new if not better so uh yeah that that ability and especially in game to game to say all right it's a whole new game I'm going to go out and do it again uh that's key because it will it should keep the Blues from having any extended losing streaks uh, over the course of the year. Now, the other another positive note, a very positive note, uh, Sammy Blay making his way onto a lot of fantasy hockey teams. <laughs> Sammy uh, earned his shot, had a good uh, had a good showing in the preseason after a good postseason showing, and getting to what we've talked about a lot with Sammy, getting to the offensive side of his game to go with uh, the physical play that he. He brought to the table during the postseason, so he uh, he works his way into a top six role, and early on shows um, you know the ability to maybe hang in this uh, in in this uh, realm. And you know I'm not saying he's going to be there all year, but 
He's a mature guy now. He's a physically mm-hmm. mature guy. He's been uh, through the the American League uh, Hockey League wars. He's been through the postseason, and now it looks like he wants to to be a regular. You know, early on in his career, his last year of juniors, first year in the AHL, he did have some good offensive numbers. But I think the thing that's going to keep him in the lineup is his his forecheck, the ability to go down there and get pucks back for this team. And when you're on a line with Perron and O'Reilly, if you get the puck, then things can happen. And I think that's the thing that even if there are times where the offense – the scoring isn't there, that's going to keep him in the lineup and keep him in that position. And that's something that the other options right now, Zach Sanford, uh, Robbie Fabry, don't necessarily provide. Sanford did have five hits in the uh, in the Toronto game. But uh, Blay has just been very consistent on that, on his ability to get the puck back. And if he had keeps him in the lineup, it's going to give him a chance to score goals, and he could put up some decent numbers doing that because he's shown he can score goals. Now, you know, the level is obviously higher, the challenges are greater, but, you know, O'Reilly knows how to get you the puck. Perron can keep the puck. Uh, It's a good combination there. And we saw finally some signs of the Blues getting into their game. And you want to get the puck on the forechecker, then you want to sustain possession uh, if you can in the offensive Mm -hmm. zone. And it's winning battles along the wall. It's about keeping pushing the puck back into the cycle, about you know fending off the check to keep the puck in the cycle. Those things, that time, we, early in the season, as the season just got rolling, they were, boy, against Washington, they were just, uh, you know, just trying to stay keep up with the, mm-hmm. the Capitals. That that was not a good game that way. But, you know, you, here the last couple games, you're starting to see him at times get into that game. And, again, Blake can be a big part of that, just like Patrick Maroon was. Because it's that strength to you turn the puck loose with, or you turn it over with some physical play, but then to win the battle and then to keep the puck, to possess the puck mm-hmm. a bit, just a, a small things to keep it along the wall, or again to move it down into the corner to mm-hmm. to get it to the next guy, and it just uh, it's it's a huge skill in the league if you can do that. It doesn't sound like much, but it'll keep you in the lineup. It will, and I think we're going to see that with Sammy Blay, and you're going to need to see it with. Zach Sanford or Robbie Fabry, who are the two guys uh, on the bubble here, because if they don't do it, um, they're going to find themselves in in San Antonio or watching games. Yeah, and now right now, Robert Thomas working his way back in the lineup is not expected to play against Ottawa, but you know is working his way back. Could conceivably play against the Canadians. Certainly getting closer to to coming back. Just played the the first game, got hurt. Uh, there's a guy that. Uh, could take a big jump forward this year, could make that combination with Tyler Bozak work again this season. And time is running out on the guys who are trying to, in a sense, take advantage of his absence. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sammy's taking advantage of his opportunity. And as you mentioned, Robbie and Zach need to do the same. And particularly Zach, because he did not have a, did not come off the postseason with a strong uh, preseason. No, he, he was given that prime real estate spot with, with O'Reilly and Perron in camp and didn't do enough there. Uh, to keep it now, I mean, he was a scratch on opening night. He was back in when Thomas got hurt. Uh, yeah, when Thomas gets back, is he, he's the most likely candidate uh, to come out. And and then, you know, Jordan Cairo is skating in San Antonio. And when Jordan Cairo is ready to go and has played a few games in San Antonio, if there are people on the NHL roster that are not contributing or performing, they're going to say, 
okay, it's Jordan Cairo's chance. And so that that's kind of the specter that hangs over these guys right now is the, the clock is running. You're not sure when Cairo's going to be back. He, he's not on the, on the active roster yet in San Antonio. But when he gets there and gets into games, the Blues are going to want to give him a, an NHL look, and it's going to be up to these other guys to not let him, to say, well, we – Sanford's doing well. Fabry's doing well. We're, we're not going to take them out, take them out right now. But if one of them is and gives them an opening, you know that that does not bode well for them. Yeah, and Sanford's in that in that place now where you know you look at his career. He, he rose pretty quickly. Left college uh, early. Uh, by the end of his uh, first tour with the. Um, Capitals up and down from the minors started to come on. She came with the Blues, started to come on, uh, had a big setback season with the injury. Then again, he's just flashed. He's kind of moved himself right onto that edge. A big guy, he's got some ability. Big guy, but he's not that physical. He's got some ability, but not that much ability. So he's right. He's like a he's a tweener, and he's got kind of a tweener contract scenario where he's making a million and a half. It's not a lot of money, but if you're looking, you're up, you're up against the cap, and you're looking for every penny down the road as you go forward. You know, he's mm-hmm. just he's in a position where it would not be hard to imagine uh, Zach playing himself into a, a trade somewhere because he's a good enough player to play in this league. Mm-hmm. But he's just got to move himself off of that that bubble that he he's been on now for, well, I guess really pretty much since he came to the organization. Yeah, and he's a guy that has played very well in spurts and has, you know, he certainly played well enough at the end of the Stanley Cup final last year that they liked him there and he was going to keep him in that spot at the start of the year. And then it's just been staying there consistently and there just have been enough, too many peaks and valleys in Sanford's career and he needs to to get up where he doesn't have to be at 100 all the time, but he needs to be consistently at 75 or 80 to, uh, to, to keep that spot. And there are enough games where... You know, he doesn't. And so far, you look at how Craig Berube has deployed the players, you know, by the third period that that third line Mm -hmm. has, you know, been on the bench and has not played a whole lot. Well, that brings up another happy topic. Uh, uh, Our guy, JT's guy, Sonny (laughs) uh, Sunfist, has a, uh, he, uh, you know, nice slap shot goal, which, of course, you're not Mm going to want to give up uh, off the wing, but it Mm -hmm. nonetheless went in. And, uh, this was a guy who made his big move last year, and he had a chance to play up in the, the lineup a little bit. But now that fourth line is really the third line because, as you say, mm-hmm. the role they play, you know, mm-hmm. the respected Alexander Steen, uh, the robust Barbershev when he's on his game, the way Sonny plays with both an edge and, mm-hmm. and some ability and size and strength and all those things. Yeah, it's uh, – it, in a sense, I think you could say that's your – that's your third grouping. And some nights, it's last year was, of course, their best line uh, on, on occasion. Yeah, they didn't do really well in the in the opening night against Washington. But since then, they have kind of gotten their game back. And, you know, they contributed on a, on a goal uh, the other night. And they, they can do things, yeah. And that's a line in which Berube has shown no hesitancy to play in tough situations. And they, they will be on the ice in the, in the fourth period, uh, no matter what the score is. If you're chasing a game or if you're protecting a lead, you put them out there. Not as much as you put out the top two lines, but they, he will still put them out there way more than he puts out the third line. So uh, they can do it. And, yeah, this will be, you know, among those among the tests, Oscar Sundquist extensively you know, well rewarded mm-hmm. for that four year deal, and um, and now he's uh, he's got to perform. Yeah, he's in the nucleus. I mean, he's going to have to play mm-hmm. his way out of the nucleus now. He piled up so many Barube points last year <laughs> that it's going to take a, an earth mover to get him out of there. I would think mm-hmm. at this point. 
Yeah, yeah, he he's shown a lot of good things, and they can use him at center. They can use him on the wing. Uh, he can kill penalties. You know, he, he can do – he even got a little bit of power play time at some points last year. So, yeah, he can do all sorts of things. He's a, a well-rounded player. And the forward – so the, the forward lines continue to look to be a strength. You know, as you said, we don't have – we haven't had a chance to see Kairou. I think we will, barring any more physical problems. Mm-hmm. He's just an explosive talent. At some mm-hmm. point, you're going to unleash – uh, at some point, I think we'll see, probably not a ton, but we will see some of Clem Costin as injuries occur. Mm-hmm. I would think he, they've got to get him at least a taste at this level yeah. to keep him uh, fully engaged because he's not, not a patient prospect. He wants to make the big step, mm-hmm. and he's got all the Barube skills set to, to do that. He's got to pay attention defensively, and he's got to learn the whole game. But the all the all the ingredients are there. So you got two guys, totally different prospects, who are elite prospects, who are also pushing up to a group that's basically locked in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to lose some one of these guys in expansion draft at some point. But otherwise, I mean, you've got the kind of depth that you're looking around the league and you're seeing other teams and what they're scrounging together. Uh, it's it's going to be even a bigger strength than it was when this team won the Cup. Yeah, I, you, know, you talk about that. You know, We talk about the little turnover there was from last season to this season. Well, now with with Shen being signed, now you're looking once again that uh, everybody being back, mm-hmm. you know. And so, yeah, how do you fit in Kairu and Costin, who, yeah, you can't keep them out much longer. So that's something that's, you know, all of these guys who have contra who are the lower end of this spectrum have to wonder about mm-hmm. as as to what is their future. Uh, going forward, and and that should be the internal competition they like to see that you talk about, oh, yeah. you know, having on the team, and uh, uh, they'll have to respond. Well, so far, mm-hmm. Sammy Blay has. Sammy has. That's and, that's one thing going for him yeah. is that he is he, he there the window is open and he is he has gone through it. It'll be fun. I'm I'm sure Sammy's uh, family will be uh, excited with this whole excursion up there. So there will be the Montreal media will yeah. descend upon him, and he won't mind, will he? No, no. You know, I'm going to hold court <laughs> during during the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs when they were they they would Blay and Perron would be there to talk to the uh, French Canadian media. They would. Uh, it didn't matter what they had done in the game. Yeah, they no, would be there, there to speak French. And they, and they don't mind. Uh, David doesn't mind talking. He's in a, he's in no. good spirits as he comes into the season. There's mm-hmm. another positive story. Uh, you know, David Perron last year at this time uh, was not in a, as good a place. Uh, this year, physically, uh, you know, he is in a, in a mm-hmm. better place. And, of course, coming off, it's a short summer, but he certainly seems refreshed. And, uh, yeah, and boy, a productive start for him. He's so such a good supporting cast player. Mm-hmm. He's, like, perfectly slotted. Yeah. You know, second-line guy can help you power play. He's, you know, he, he gets the puck. He passes the puck. He, he plays well off other good people. And just off to a in a very good place right now. Uh, so, I'd say so. The one offensive zone penalties will be the one thing that will <laughs> <Well>. be <laughs> that uh, he's got to figure out a way to uh, uh, to stop. I think he's had two and three games. But uh, but other than that, yeah, the contribution he brings and is and has he will always tell us. I was never doubting last year. I everyone was panicking. I did not panic. Last year, that's a big uh, David Perron uh, message. Everyone, I never panicked. I knew what we could do. Well, yeah, and that's good. It's true. But even he had to have that moment where he had to have a, a come to the chief moment. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah. And, and like a lot, a lot of guys in one way or another had to have that moment. That was and, pretty much the first come to chief moment. That was yeah. not long after Barubi took over. Yeah. And, so uh, uh, he got to help to get everybody refocused. And now you look at the uh, what's happened on the defensive side, uh, Craig and uh, assistant coach Mike Van Rines, they've been working on uh, – 
you know, trying to figure out the, the best way to uh, deploy uh, Justin Falk, uh, not only to start the game, but then what do you do as the game gets deeper and you get down to the crunch time, you know, and you're starting to shorten up your player usage. And I, I like the idea of trying to use uh, three good pairings and mm-hmm. then condense it later. Mm-hmm. And using Falk and uh, Alex Petrangelo together for a whole game, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't like that as much as I, I did like the Falk Dunn pairing, mm-hmm. and you could give them some offensive zone starts, where they'll be very dangerous. Both mm-hmm. both guys going to get their their shot on the power play as well. But I, I kind of like that Dunn and him. And that gives you know Gunnarsson a shot to get his steadiness in there, and you keep your shutdown pairing with uh, Preco and uh, and Bowmeister. I think Alex Petrangelo's best friend now is Carl Gunnarsson. Because if Gunnarsson's in the lineup, it means Petro's on the right, and and all is well with the world for uh, for Alex Petrangelo in that situation. He doesn't have to play on the left with Falk, which is though it hasn't been a problem so far. Which is just not he's got his comfort zone. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it is a big deal. You know, I'm watching him play, and against a really good team. Okay, you're playing. Let's say you're doing this against uh, Washington. You're you're trying mm-hmm. to get caught over on the other side against Washington. You're trying to you're trying to get pucks out. Sometimes on your backhand, which is not ideal, and you're mm-hmm. also trying to keep pucks uh, in the offensive zone again uh, on on your backhand in a, in those tough scenarios. Alex is tremendous at pitch and pinching, and Alex is tremendous at getting pucks out. Now you put them on the other side, you're just making the job tougher because mm-hmm. you just don't have enough time. A lot of times, you just have no choice but to to, to do it as quickly as you can, and you just can't be as good. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to this. Uh, having a lot of right shot defensemen is, is is a real benefit, and if you can balance up your lineup, I know Gunnarsson's not a guy that's going to play eighty two games, but boy, I, I like that. I'm sorry, Robert Bortuzzo, a big fan of Robert <laughs> Bortuzzo, but the way it falls, you know, I just like mm-hmm. those pairings, and I, boy, there's this real potential for that group to to mm-hmm. you just try to compare it around the league. Who's who's got that many guys? No, it's, yeah, the fact that you can keep Pareko and Bomeister and just isolate them as the shutdown guys and then everyone else can mix and match as you need mm-hmm. to go and you falks is he on the top pairing the third pairing Vince Dunn is in and out, you know up and down you can you have options there and you can do any sorts of combinations now what have you seen from Falk you, you looked at him in uh, Carolina he had some ugly plus minuses on some some bad teams he had to play a lot of minutes on a bad team that's gonna gonna take a toll he certainly is uh he can be a firm player to go against. He can bang around, and you, you notice his ability to go with the puck, and you notice his ability. He tries to pass this, probably shouldn't, but you know, boy, it, it does jump out. The ability jumps out at you. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, can he settle into such a good defensive, disciplined defensive team and, and prosper? You would think he, you could. Uh-huh. He has the skill set to do it, but he's, he's been in a situation yeah. until last year where Carolina just wasn't, that good mm-hmm. and you know he was out there a lot and, and he picked up a lot of bad habits yeah uh i think we, yeah this combination of guys will will certainly uh, bring out the good habits and i mean offensively he's shown a he's willing to take one-timers yeah that's, oh there you go you know, that's right there puts him into a different class right there there's no dust you know less dusting off the puck uh with justin Fogg. so yeah i mean it's it's, there's going to be some learning curve here on just adapting to the situation, but I don't think it should take very long. And you know, he's, I don't. I think he's only been on the ice for one even strength goal so far this season, and it was the overtime goal uh, against Washington. 
Other than that, I think there was one power play goal he was on. Against. Yeah, and that so, overtime didn't go well. I no, mean, it didn't, no, it wasn't. <laughs> they were not in a, in a, in a favorable position. Much of that, uh, the, as little as overtime as there was, mm-hmm. didn't, uh, it didn't go well. So now you, you talk about the power play and that favorite topic here. And he's not the only guy though that has we've spotted shooting the puck quickly now. Mm-hmm. So they've it's very early. There haven't been that many chances to really assess, but you can see some differences. You know, there's a little more play from behind the net, uh, some mm-hmm. um, guys shooting quickly, more one, a few more one-timers. Mm-hmm. Seems to be some some purpose and some tempo. Mm-hmm. Is Tom Timmerman uh, pleased so far with what he's seen on the uh, with the man advantage? Um Certainly, the the one time they scored a goal looked really good. That was a that was a sweet you know when they ran a play there and yeah, fall over and boom. Yeah, so that that was that was that was nice. Since then, you know, the, my my take on the power play has always been that it's it's going to be psychological rather than uh, you know positioning and strategy because it's it's going to be they got to just think the power play better and they've got to shoot quicker and they've got to pass quicker and they've got to move the puck in different you know in better than they had uh, and it's not as though i mean they tried every possible combination and every strategy last season and that didn't seem to make a lot of difference and they just have to make that pass and they have to say i can i think i can make that pass and, t- and do it i think that's the step they also have to do better on uh Faceoffs at the start, they, yeah. they they lose the puck out of the zone, and that takes them a, a minute to get back right, in. Right, it should be a team strength. Go back a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. that was a they didn't have the personnel, mm-hmm. but now O'Reilly and Bozak, you're hoping, you know, yeah. versus trying to have, you know, you, if Shen doesn't win a lot of draws, okay, you, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's going to happen. That's that's mm-hmm. not strong on that, but so yeah, and then of course you have all these guys that can zone entries. You got a million options because you have a lot mm-hmm. of. Between puck rushing D and then your forwards that can handle the puck, mm-hmm. um, you've got the you should be able to gain the zone with some control and set up. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, you don't want to lose as much off the top with the draws. And then, uh, and the thing is, I, I at times they showed more willingness just to throw the puck into the the mix master. And I think every time you, you spin the roulette wheel, mm-hmm. there's a chance you can win. I mean, some of those aren't real high percentage plays, but a lot of power play goals are or some anyways are just you get it in there and it hits off a D-man. It hits off a forward, mm-hmm. then a D-man. Uh, you know, a double direction. Mm-hmm. Some of the crazy uh, puck goes off of somebody's butt. Goes mm-hmm. in. The, you know, puck was going nine miles wide, goes <laughs> off a butt, goes in. Yeah. Well, you throw it in there. Mm-hmm. You know, mixed master goals. A few, a little bit more of that. You want to get that great goal, but you also want to make sure you're getting, the, you're putting a pressure on so that you, you maybe, yeah. the odds will eventually break for you if you yeah. do enough of that. Yeah, and I think that's going to be Mark Savard's challenge is going to be just to to get guys to behave differently. And it's not that you need to stand here and stand there. It's that what you need to do when you're there on, I make that pass, you know. And how often do you, we've talked about this in the past, how often do the do the Blues I'll suddenly make a pass and guys standing all alone on a, or the open side of the net to put the puck in? They, that's not how it works for them. They, they, they don't score goals like that, you know? Yeah. So they, they never, you know, slick pass and all of a sudden there's an open net. It doesn't, that, that's just not how they work. Well, they, they have a lot of good players. They don't have a mega stars like mm-hmm. other teams. So they have to, mm-hmm. it's got to be a little more of a collective effort, mm-hmm. but, uh, but so far so good. Now, when you look at the league itself, the, um, you know, a couple things, you start looking around, you see things that, are surprising, and I guess I'll start with the biggest negative surprise. 
the San Jose Sharks, a mm-hmm. team that the last time the Blues saw them, they were running out of the gas and legs and, and muscles against the Blues in a tough series. Uh, but, boy, losing Pavelski, yeah, that, that hurts some of the other guys, Donskoy, uh, Braun, but kind of stunning to see them start this poorly. They can't score a goal. I mean, that's – I mean, what have they – how many – well, they scored four goals so far in four games. Something and they, like and they that. don't have the goaltending to, to offset that. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. Well, now that they've now that they've got Marlowe back, maybe that will uh, uh, change something. But it's it's <laughs> tough because you know as a the Blues overcame the terrible start and proved mm-hmm. it can be done. But in that conference, you know, you just in the West. I mean, <laughs> assuming five go from one, three from the other. I mean, at mm-hmm. some point, you know, you don't want to get too deep and. And it's funny how when a team looks bad, now right now they look slow. Mm-hmm. And Marlowe will make him make him a little quicker, even though he's like fifty. He'll, yeah. he'll still maybe their best skater now that he's he's mm-hmm. re up there. And Burns is playing great, but mm-hmm. oh, I go back to the the Carlson contract. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah, you know, for all that's a lot of money, mm-hmm. and he's not the guy. And he he was for about a, two weeks last year. He was really good, and then mm-hmm. he got hurt again. Mm-hmm. They're paying him forever. Yeah. And he's not, you know, and here's the thing. He can just give you goals. He gives away goals. Mm-hmm. So if you're not scoring, he's going to give the other team a goal in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. He did the other night. Just here, yeah. have it. Yeah. You know, contracts, I mean, because that's a big thing with the Blues right now. I mean, you, you got Braden Shen signed until the, the end of most of our lifetimes. <laughs> yeah. And and then you're wondering, you know, what is, is Petrangelo, if, if, will they need to go eight years on him just to get the AAV down? You know, how's that going to work? Or are the Blues going to end up? You know, living in the future, living in the present and not having a future? You know, are they looking at that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's an element of that. We can jump to the, the Alex's yeah. issue. I think the, um, you know, the reports of them trying to get him to take Oliver ekman Larson money, that seems a bit low. Mm-hmm. I keep thinking that he's more like a $9 million guy, and mm-hmm. he could certainly get better than 9 if he hit the market, not that he's, mm-hmm. he's dying to, to leave. You try to find your way to get there to keep the AAV down, like you say. Do you mm-hmm. pay him until he's 38 years old? I mean, mm-hmm. Their own analytics say the guys start to slip, and when they're about 33, 34, Bo Meester beat the odds uh, last year when he came, finally got his legs back. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a first-world problem. You're trying to win the next four to five years, and you're going to maybe take a beating at, after that. But I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't think you have a choice, really. you got to find mm-hmm. a way to, to make it happen for him. And yeah. uh, he commands a respect, Stanley Cup winner, Stanley Cup mm-hmm. uh, captain, mm-hmm. and, and a real good player. And yeah. everybody else has gotten paid. Now it's just him and his agency and, and, and Armstrong. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, the, the the Falk acquisition gives them a little bit of coverage in case the deal can't happen. But, yeah, I mean, you're, it's a case where unless Petrangelo, out of the graciousness of his heart, says, no, you know, I'll only take that. But that would be silly on his part no, and, his, and, and nothing to expect. So no, if he's going to no. want nine, the only way they're going to, you know, he they could and they could pay him, you know, 10, 12, you know, or 10, 10 million in the first couple of years and then right, yeah, tack on those yeah. $2 million, you know, at the end. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's they're almost stuck. They're almost forced into doing that because they can't structure a five-year deal no. to that would pay him – you know, you know what he, he needs, and when he needs. you know, and I wrote about this this week. I mean, you look at it from the player's perspective. A couple things, you know, on, on okay, on the want side. Well, it's a couple things. It's more to me for most of these guys. It's going to be more about the respect 
than it is about the actual money. The money's nice. Mm. To be honest, the, I mean, their lifestyles, I mean, are they really going to notice a gigantic difference? Yeah. Probably not, but they. it's important that you get paid because that's respect. Everybody in the league knows what you make. You don't want to mm-hmm. be like getting a Duncan Keith contract and have a regret about, boy, I'm really underpaid and everybody feels bad for you. You want to make sure that your team respects you. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, you know, these guys also are also mindful that signing a bad deal hurts everybody else in the league. Yeah. And the Players Association, I wouldn't say pressure, but there's expectation that you'll look out for your uh, fellow um players because that's how the, the salaries went up in the first place. Mm-hmm. So you're mindful of where you are with the rest of the world. And you're also both for personal respect and for the players association. So there's an element that you're going to want a certain level. Mm-hmm. But the flip side is now when you start deciding whether I want to leave or accept what I think the most I can get from the team, you know, then it gets like, okay, well, what's the cost of living going to be? And it's, you think that shouldn't matter when you're making that kind of money? Well, you try to buy a house in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. You try to go to Anaheim and buy a house, right? Yeah. You go mm-hmm. to live in Canada with the taxes in Toronto. Mm-hmm. He goes back home to Toronto, tries to buy a house, has to pay those taxes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to need a lot more money, which they're in Toronto, they're paying their guys more money. Mm-hmm. Florida guys, no state tax, they're not paying them as much. So a lot of things go into it. But mm-hmm. So you're thinking that sweet spot's about nine? Yeah. You got to get to that point? I would think so. I, I think anything, yeah, any, I, I don't think they can make it lower than that. Uh, you know, eight and a half is, you know, maybe the, the rock bottom you can get to. But then beyond that, yeah. It, but if, if it goes to, you know, once it starts going to 10, it becomes. You know, no, that's problematic. Yeah, no, know. getting to be. Now, you know, you're going to, you know, there's a chance going forward where there is, it's going to happen. You're going to lose people. You're gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna throw some guys with salary and make them available in the expansion draft, and you're gonna at some point you're gonna have to bump somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just gonna happen, and mm-hmm. I guess competition will decide that, or maybe an injury. Something's mm-hmm. gonna happen, right? There's just no way to do yeah. it all, but they keep most of the group, mm-hmm. and they got coverage with Falk. They want to keep Petro, but you know, right now Petro's seen two other guys take Falk took less here than he would than he wanted in, in Orange County for obvious mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. Didn't want to go all the way out there, and he, mm-hmm. it's expensive. And mm-hmm. and Jen took. I I thought he took maybe a million and a half less than he could have made on the market. Mm-hmm. Now he gets paid forever. Yeah, which is part of it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, did, so far, you think Armstrong handled this well? I think he's handled it very well right now. And, you know the the Falk move, which everyone which came out of left field says. You know, okay, we are now because if they can't keep potential, now they're they've already got the guy there to to take over. You know, Falk is not Petrangelo, but he fills many of the right. things that you'd get from him. In concert with the other guys you have on D, you're you're going to be okay. Yeah, because you've built up some depth. You know, now yeah. all of a sudden Vince Dunn becomes more important. Where going forward, Vince Dunn's going to have to work really hard to 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 stay in the group. Mm-hmm. Just because somebody again keeping everybody's going to be an issue. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And but to, coming back to the you know the, the Shens thing was was encouraging. I mean, I, I had written him off. Yeah. I just figured, well, he's going to get seventy points, and he's going to go out there, and he's going to get eight million dollars on the market, and the mm-hmm. Blues are going to say, yeah, can't do it. Mm-hmm. But there's something about the guy that the way he played, the grit, uh, the physical play, and you know his uh, his the all the things that he. Philadelphia overlooked with him. The Blues have come to appreciate, and they made the commitment. Yeah, and I've made the case. I think it's worth slightly overpaying the guys you already have if 
you know what you have rather than going out and signing a free agent. And saying, I hope this guy's going to fit in with this group and, and work that if you have to pay half a million more to keep the guy that you already know and know what you're getting from him and is predictable and fits in with the group that that's worth doing. Um, and I think that's what they've done with, with Shen. Now, the fact that he's going to be here until, you know, good gosh, you know, I really wrote the number of things that will have happened between now and when Braden Chen's contract ends. I mean, we'll be coming up on the 2028 presidential election. When, <laughs> I mean, you, someone can get elected president this year and serve two terms, and their term will be over by the time Braden Chen's contract uh, runs out. So there's a lot, a lot in the world that can happen between now and 2028. Yeah, so the uh, Yang Presidential Library will be <laughs> under construction at that point. That's exactly right. It'll <laughs> it'll be, be. In Seattle, it's been, we'll, <laughs> uh, we'll know exactly where we'll be. On, uh, we're much familiar with Seattle road trips by that time, too. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, uh, well, it, it is an interesting world that we live in with the uh, the Blues. I mean, they've, it's just uh, all this, uh all this prosperity is hard to imagine. I I think back to those guys that fit in so well over the years. Uh, the way Joe Murphy could fit in here, like just like a hand in a glove. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember Peter Nedved coming in, fitting so well. Mm-hmm. So many guys have gone and gotten these uh, high paid guys have come right in. It's like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. boy, Phil Housley was here for a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that worked out great. That did, yeah. yeah he got, of course got hurt right hurt. away. So, yeah. well, anyways, yeah. that's been Tom Timmerman. I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been Net Friend Presence. So far, so good for the Blues. We'll mm-hmm. see what happens by the next time we visit with you. A reminder that you can get all of our podcasts on uh, stltoday.com slash podcast. We do a lot of cool stuff here. If you like baseball, you like Tigers sports, you like politics, don't want to talk about the business and the, the economy, All of we have all these great podcasts. Check it out also, all your favorite podcast apps. You can find us there as well. Until next time, for Tom Timmerman, I'm Jeff Gordon. See you later. Thank you.